Well, let's just start. Hi, I'm Jeremy Siegel, and this is the Truth Bay Podcast. Okay, people, let's begin. Get up, everybody. We have lived off. Are you ready to be baited with the truth? Good, because you're listening to the Truth Bay Podcast. I'm documentary filmmaker and podcaster, Andrew Marcus. And with me always as we deconstruct America's propaganda war and reconstruct America's cultural narrative in our image is documentary filmmaker, podcaster, the one and only Rebel Pundit, ladies and gentlemen, it's Jeremy Siegel! Hello. Hello, Jeremy. Thank you, Mr. Marcus. Welcome to Friday. How are you Thank you. Ooh, I'm so it glad this week is soon over. enough this week. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're on the same page. I think Ron DeSantis has got to be pretty happy it's Friday. This might be a week he's looking to get behind him. You he, think so? Oh, he botched his launch. Didn't you see? Everybody's freaking out over the botched launch. Yeah. I would have done the same thing if I were him. <laughs> what, you'd have gone to Twitter and blown your launch? Totally. That's what everyone's talking about. So do you think that that They're makes it a success? I saw, I saw on Twitter, this is one of the most fascinating things for me, is now seeing who is coming out as a diehard Ron DeSantis supporter. Uh, there are a couple of people on Twitter, uh, I think it was Jammy Wearing Fool and RBH Pundit, um, people like this that are, are clearly huge Ron DeSantis fans, and, and they saw this as a great thing. Everybody's talking about Ron DeSantis, and that's kind of what you just said, that maybe this was a huge yeah. positive for him. Oh, maybe it was planned. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> this sounded I don't very know. much if, like if an every, accidental disaster. <laughs> if everything went just smooth and peachy, guess what? Guess who'd be talking about Ron this week? No one. No, that's not true because Trump would be talking about him and everyone would be talking about Trump talking about him. Maybe. This he looks like Maybe. an incompetent fool with this. Listen, I I I love it. <laughs> Wait. It's great. You, you love it in a past the popcorn mm -hmm. sort of way, but but Totally. <laughs> In fact, I just finished a whole bowl of popcorn. Do you want to hear? I have a, I have some of this. I don't know if you clipped anything from this, but this was all anybody was talking about. Guess what? You didn't. I haven't seen any of oh, it. Let me play some of this for you. I've clipped a little bit. So I've condensed it I'm, down. Uh, here is okay. here's here's just part of the. <laughs> well, here's how it, here's how it started. Totally on purpose. <laughs> All right. Uh, good afternoon, good evening, or good morning, everyone, depending on wherever in the world you're joining us from. I'm broadcasting live from David from Twitter headquarters. It's David Sachs here. Uh, <laughs> He's broadcasting from himself. He clearly was a little bit nervous, <laughs> and they uh, must have felt 
uh, on their heels because it started out so poorly. He continues. Uh, so who? Man. That was a guy from Twitter. That is. Uh, I don't know who. The, I don't know who this David guy is, but he is okay. But he's that's there with not Musk. DeSantis. No, that's not DeSantis. I, I think he is with. I think this guy is like with him. Twitter. Here, uh, Elon is sitting next to me, and we want and we want to welcome you to this historic Twitter Spaces event, and more broadly, a first in the history of social media. Uh, tonight, I'm pleased to introduce two individuals who have done more to loosen the. All right, sorry. About and that. then it cut out. <laughs> so he wants to introduce two people who have done more to. And then a long oh, silence. This went on, Jeremy. This went on for 20 minutes. 20 minutes, maybe even longer. All right, sorry about that. We, we've we got so many people here that I think we are we are uh, kind of melting the servers, uh, which is a good sign. Um, <laughs> it's a good sign that they can't get it going. That's like yeah. uh, when Elon Musk's um, most recent rocket launch blew up in the air. <laughs> they said, well, that's this was great. It destroyed the launch pad. <laughs> it was so powerful. It was such a good thing. I don't know that this is a good thing. I give them credit for trying. All right, I'd like to just introduce the the, uh, the folks in in the room here. So it's safe to say we wouldn't be making history without the man sitting next to me, Elon Musk. His decision to purchase this platform last year to restore to its original mission as a beacon for free speech, and even to expose Twitter's past complicity with a government censorship regime, might have surprised many, but not those of us who've known and worked with Elon for nearly a quarter century. His commitment to freedom, commitment to freedom <laughs> and his willingness to put his money <laughs> where his mouth is. Upset the narrative. Upset Can the you just play the clip? Why are you doing that? <laughs> now, I mean, just it sounded like they had control for a minute or so, and then they are in what, <laughs> some crazy echo. Oh, that was them. That was them. You know, this happened. An echo like that happened to me when I was using OBS, which is a a uh, freeware broadcasting server uh, a software system that you can use uh, for live streaming. I was producing an interview with Jim Hoft and Donald Trump, and that started happening right at the beginning of our interview. Uh, with the president, uh, and it was horrifying. There was there was nothing that could be done. We literally just had to shut down whatever camera the loop was coming from, uh, and it was it was awful. I had the worst pit in my stomach as this was happening, and there was nothing I could do. I was at the mercy of the company that was hired to produce the live stream, so. Uh, it was an awful feeling. I'm sure it's exactly what was going on here. I don't know that they were using OBS, but they had some line was redundant or looping somewhere, and it was giving them that awful echo. It's weird that it would come in like late, right? It's because somebody must have clicked something something. on. Somebody had to have changed a setting. Right, because you could expect that maybe at the beginning, you're getting everything going and you haven't isolated it yet, but then... You figure you don't start rolling till everything is perfect like we always do. <laughs> My guess is that there was a lot of frantic uh, action taking taking place behind the scenes and that, you know, there were a lot of buttons being pressed and settings being changed to try and keep this thing up and alive and uh, and that was seems to me with just 3 months experience of podcast production we could have done this <laughs> we could have definitely troubleshot it for them gotten them back up and running <laughs> we should start a, a consultancy group uh yeah. here is one last clip from it 
Well, let's see. So, yeah, gov- so they came back, and their audio now was completely changed. They sound like they're coming through an AM radio. Well, let's see. So, yeah, Governor, uh, there's been a lot of speculation over the last couple of months about your your plans. Um, I understand that you may have an announcement to make. Uh, we've got, I think, a, a record audience assembled here. Uh, you know, the, probably the biggest uh, room that's probably ever been assembled online. Uh, what, what would you like to tell Not them? Not true. And I have no idea where that not true comes from. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell if that's coming from their stream or from whoever posted this on YouTube. (laughs) First Coast News is who posted this on YouTube. But that... That uh, I had to listen to that a few times. Room that's probably ever been assembled online. What what would you like to tell? Not true. Well, I am running for president of the United States to lead our great American comeback. (laughs) Our great American comeback from an AM radio. (laughs) (laughs) He's really poised to take the reins. States to lead our great American comeback. Look, we know our country's going in the wrong direction. We see it with our eyes, and we feel it in our bones. Our southern borders collapse. Drugs are pouring into the country. Our cities are being hollowed out by spiking crime. The federal government's making it harder for the average family to make ends meet and to attain and maintain a middle-class lifestyle. And our president, well, he lacks vigor, flounders in the face of our nation's challenges, and he takes his cues from the woke mob. I, I don't you see. Di- I don't just- I'm already falling asleep. Right. It, all that other stuff was more exciting. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, that may be why they did this on Twitter as opposed to on video. Very strange that he would launch, and totally ironic too. It's this high tech, new kind of launch that is a throwback to radio. He no visual. And, and was that because he's not terribly presentable? He's not very exciting. Well, it's also interesting to me, like, I have not heard that yet. And I typically, you know, follow stuff. So how many people didn't hear it, right? I mean, it, you, you know, like Trump, when he announced with his big extravaganza down the escalator at Trump Tower. I mean, it was a big show. Everybody saw it. Everybody was talking about it. Everybody remembers it still to this day. Even Obama back in the little, you know, in Springfield or whatever on a little stage with a small crowd. You know, you have that, you plant that that image in people's minds, right? Right. Oh, and I've got it. So what is this? I have a clip from Megyn <laughs> Kelly. I only clipped one reaction. The reactions are everybody's out there talking about this. Frankly, I almost didn't clip anything from this story because everybody is talking about it. And it's the kind of thing that's like, well, what are we going to add that nobody else is adding? So I, I've, I, and I think your perspective is, is maybe that thing that is being added that nobody else has, which is that, <laughs> that this might have been intentional because the, the mess ups were the most interesting part of the announcement. <laughs> I have another theory too. What's that? Musk is secretly working for Trump. Thank you. And that occurred to me, too, was that this was intentionally meant to embarrass DeSantis. Uh, There's definitely something fishy, something strange. You have to wonder how in the world this could possibly happen. Here is is Megyn Kelly. She's the only person I grabbed 
in response because I thought that her response was actually pretty good. Some 600,000 people tried logging on to watch, a considerable feat given that most of us had never been on Twitter spaces, including journalists like me, only to be met with messages like, this space is not available, and this space has ended, all before it had even begun. Not a good omen, and certainly not the messaging a campaign wants on launch night. Not available. This is over. It was indeed a failure to launch, and it is dominating the news coverage today, the result of an unnecessary, unforced error on DeSantis's part. The glitches were on Elon and his platform, to be sure, but how on earth did DeSantis's team not make absolutely sure Elon and co. were ready and their candidates was protected from this? Today, Team DeSantis is trying to turn it all into a win by saying, we broke the internet. What else can we break? In other words, we are so popular, (laughs) we broke Twitter. Well, kind of. 600,000 people may be a record for Twitter spaces, but it is about half of what Fox News gets on any one of its even post-Tucker struggling primetime shows, which don't glitch and have discovered the magic of video video how do you launch a presidential <laughs> campaign without video and she goes on to say you t- you you have photographs you have video so that the press can run those images in all of their headlines that, and and she's absolutely right now give megan kelly the reason i liked her response she's not a trump fanatic right didn't he accuse her of bleeding from her wherever <laughs> you know she's not uh in she doesn't have any reason to boost trump so that's not why she's criticizing DeSantis. she's criticizing DeSantis because this was empirically uh a failure and uh at least by any traditional sense now megan kelly she might have another ulterior motive in that in a sense her podcast kind of competes with Twitter. She doesn't have it on Twitter. And, you know, and then she she even mentioned uh, Tucker Carlson, who in a sense, he's going to be taking a competing property to hers and platforming it from Twitter. So she may have an ax to grind just to sort of make, she might be dancing on Twitter because it's a competing platform. But I, I thought that she, I thought her response was right on. And then I looked at, it was like I was saying, I was looking on Twitter and it was hilarious. So you got RB Pundit who is, I guess, a conservative, but he's definitely, he's a never-Trumper because he's in serious denial. The president and former president, both candidates are attacking Ron DeSantis tonight because Ron DeSantis is the front-runner. They know it! <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so pathetic. The, you know, they blew, they totally, they overplayed their hand after the last election, the, the congressional election last November. When they had a coordinated effort to slam Trump, Trump's the worst ever. He caused everybody to lose. They they had a fake buildup for the landslide red wave. That was make-believe. So that everybody could be let down the next day and disappointed so that they could take the medicine that they wanted to feed them, that this was all Trump's fault. Trump blew it. And right away they were lining up one by one, one by one DeSantis, We got to look to someone else for the future. And that's DeSantis. And it's continued that same way. And Trump was, was, I think attuned to it. Then 
people were wondering why is Trump attacking DeSantis now? He was he was he was definitely playing hardball back then, and rightfully so. And now you've got your other people who get in the race who are absolutely nothing, not going anywhere with Nikki Haley and Tim Scott and anybody else that wants to try it. Trump is the one that's going to control the fate of the GOP nomination. And their only hope of stopping him, the never Trumpers, is DeSantis. And that's all it's been since back then. And this is what he puts out for a launch? It's pathetic. I mean, this sh- she's right. Megyn Kelly's right. Where was, where was his staff making sure that this didn't go flawlessly? So I think it's pretty funny. It makes me feel kind of happy inside. Here, let me play this clip from Ron DeSantis. I'm playing this off. The, I don't have this prepped, so hopefully this won't be too quiet. Uh, this is a clip from Ron DeSantis in 2020. Uh, you know, there's this whole interesting battle going back and forth between Trump and DeSantis about who was who who was more pro shutdown when, who was more anti shutdown when, uh, and this clip uh, cycled today on the Liberty Daily. Uh, but but it is important uh, to follow the guidelines, and if people see a, a pub or a restaurant, you know, if they're operating at 55%, okay, give them a warning, tell them, hey, 50. But if you go in and it's just like mayhem, like Dance Party USA, and it's packed to the rafters, uh, that's just cut and dry, and that's not just an innocent mistake. And so I told him, no tolerance for that. Just suspend the license, and then we'll move on. And then people will, I hopefully, get the message uh, that these, um, these guidelines are in place for a reason. I think that might be the real Ron DeSantis. That was during his lockdown. Now, to his credit, he ended the lockdown sooner than almost any other. I think Kemp in Georgia was the only governor who ended the lockdown before him. But I have been walking around with this misimpression in my mind. I, The way you remember history, even recent history, is very funny. I had forgotten that he was pro-lockdown at first. Uh, and I see a lot of DeSantis supporters out there saying, well, he w- he opened up his state when Trump was locking the country down. And OK, I don't think I think Trump's got a lot of problems in terms of his covid strategy and the way he did it. Uh, so does DeSantis. DeSantis was well, for Trump, the lockdowns Trump, before he was against them. Trump's going to end up winning on this one because Trump didn't lock down the states. The governors did. Trump. I was not pleased Trump, with the way Trump he handled it. Trump did allow it. the 14 days to stop, to slow the spread. He let Fauci and Bricks shut the no, nation I, down. Right. Agree. Agree. I think all that was extremely problematic. But what I'm saying is, is that Trump's going to turn this into his favor. And it's going to work. He's going to the He's already showing, to me, the, the immediate response after this launch. He released those two great videos where he shows Ron DeSantis reading kids' books, you know, talking about how great Trump is. And DeSantis just looks weird. Uh, I don't, did you see those? I did not see that. I wish I clipped them. I don't have them, but it's, it, it's, it, they're from DeSantis's campaign for governor. And they're campaign ads that at the end of the ad, he, 
he says, uh, he's like, and he's reading a kid, like a little kid, a book. And he's like, and make America great again. And he's talking like in a kid's voice and president Trump and president Trump did this. And it was, it was great. Like, so Trump's showing that, you know, DeSantis was all on board with riding Trump's support, you know, accepting and taking Trump's support. And he also just, there's something not appealing about him, his his stage presence. Well, he doesn't have is, a lot of stagecraft. The, the one thing that irritates me about Ron DeSantis, I actually like the guy for the most part. I don't have a problem with him. He's, you know... I'll take him over any of the leftist Marxists that are out there if if he's the guy. But the thing I really don't like about him is he's a neocon. He's going to have us in every neocon war they want us in. He's a neocon. Well, he's, yeah, he's a Yale guy. He's a Bush guy. So he's definitely not anywhere near my first choice. My biggest problem with him is, like I said, he'll have us in war. Yeah, well, he's the establishment candidate. Now, the thing I think about him that's a possibility is uh he's he's uh i forgot what i was gonna say i can't believe that just happened <laughs> to me because i was looking for that ad at the same time carry on uh okay well i don't actually have much more with this story uh like i said i didn't want to i don't want to go too far down <laughs> Discre- dis- uh, discussing this because it only has so much utility. Uh, if this is the way that the uh, primary season is going to unfold, you're right. Pass the popcorn. This is a fantastic start. I think Trump's going to smoke him. It's going to be pretty embarrassing. He's not there. This is all they can go after. And I think this is just over one of the overall strategies to try to stop Trump. I think that they they that there is a concern to me there's a there's an apparent concern that he could defy everything they're throwing at him and win. I think there's a concern there. And this is one of those things with all the lawfare, with all the attacks, with everything they're doing to him. And this is their shot at trying to take him out from within the Republican Party. And they can't do it. He's got too many. He's got too many. Trump's got too many supporters that aren't going to jump ship. And he's going to control it. It's so. all moot anyway. The, at the end of the day, the person who wins the presidential election is going to be somebody who is selected by our intelligence agencies, either because it will further their... Uh, their agenda or uh, the chaos furthers their agenda one way or the other. That's why I'm I'm mostly amused by all of this because because that anybody acts like there's a real election coming is amazing to me. There's no real election coming, ladies and gentlemen. No. It's going to be stolen in 24. So just enjoy the show while you can. I said to you the other day, I almost want DeSantis to be the nominee just so I don't have to vote for a Republican. Well, see, without an alter- without I a won't. good alternative, he still will be. I'll still go his direction. See, I'll, 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 I won't. I'll vote for I'm him never, over Biden. But uh, see, if I vote at all, I'm never. I'm never. <laughs> I'm. 
I'm never DeSantis. Oh, see, and I, I yeah, won't. I See, Why? I won't vote for him. Why? I won't vote for him over Biden. I won't vote for him over Michelle. I, I will not vote for him. But that's a vote for Michelle. That's a vote for Biden. It doesn't matter. All right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> See, and I won't even because argue with you because it doesn't, it literally doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Because you're just going to get a guy that is on the right that does all the same things as the ones on the left. He, it's not, no, there's not going to be. No, no, I disagree with that. I think that DeSantis does fight some of the culture war, which is the only reason he has any popularity at all. Other than that, you're right. He is exactly like any other establishment so Republican. But my, th- I mean, that's something. My theory, my theory on that is that he's been allowed to fight the culture war, that this has been part of a long-term strategy by the GOP and the Never Trumpers to build up this guy who's this perfect Trump without the Trump candidate to take Trump out with. And that was what, now I remember the, what I was going to say that I forgot a minute ago, which is part of me thinks DeSantis doesn't even want to be doing what he's doing, that he's almost like a hostage here. They've got something on him and they're saying you have to run. Oh, see, I don't I, I'm not sure I agree with that. I think there's a lot of advantage in running whether or not you want to win or not. You raise a lot of money, you get to dole that out. It increases your power tremendously. Do, but strategically, it just doesn't make sense why. And because now I saw a new narrative popping out this week that the GOP is gonna push that we we need to go with somebody that can uh, be be president for eight years. So we can't go for Trump because he, he'll be a lame duck on his first day in office. He's already had his first four years. This is the most ridiculous logic I've ever heard. Then why ever why run for re-election or why? It, it's just ridiculous. But they, this is going to be uh, DeSantis for eight years. Why, why wouldn't they play it smarter recognizing Trump's popularity, get four years out of Trump, and then get four years, get, then get eight years out of DeSantis? It's not the right time for DeSantis. DeSantis could could have, if they were well, DeSantis legitimate. DeSantis feels like he waited last year, last cycle. He didn't run last cycle. Well, was he going to run against the incumbent Trump well, then? I I don't think so. I'm not saying it was he, a huge he needed sacrifice. this, <laughs> and saying. he needed and he needed and he needed the term. He needed the term in Florida to build up this profile that they built up for him. He needs to keep doing what he's doing in Florida and show the way to other governors. I don't think he's anywhere near as useful as a president. And he'll have us in war. He will have us in war. DeSantis would be in Ukraine up to his eyeballs. All right, well, I'm never DeSantis, ever. I'm I'm almost, but I'm persuadable. <laughs> I'm, I may be never there, vote. <laughs> so, then, any producers out there want to make me a never DeSantis shirt, I'll wear it. Uh, all right, well, that's all I want to do on that story. I don't even want to do any more on that story. By the way, share the show. We, we didn't say it at the beginning, but share the people show. People are sharing the show. It's people happening. have been people. Yep, they have been. We notice it, uh, but we notice people share it more when we say it earlier in the show. So share the show. We should have said Do it. Do you want to go back? See? Should we insert it back in the beginning? Or can you rewind it? <laughs> can you rewind? And then I'll say it. Let's, uh, 
You can't. I can't. <laughs> no, can't be because this no. show, while it's not live, is pretty much entirely unedited. We edited a tiny, tiny, tiny bit. Uh, we want it to feel yeah, live like, and we, released. Sometimes we have a technical glitch. Sometimes there's a technical glitch, like DeSantis's Twitter team has, um, and we go back and fix it before we let the entire world listen to it and mock it. Uh, so, all right, well, yeah, I saw, uh, I think we're up to, we still have our 5.0 rating on on Apple. And, uh, but yeah, more people should rate it and more people should leave comments there and at Spotify. We'll talk more again about it. I just had to throw it in there because I know we didn't do it at the beginning. And I think that was a good segment. And if people like it, they should share the show. Share the show. Write us at truthortruthbait.com. Tell us you loved this that last segment. Uh, tell Jeremy that you should vote for DeSantis if us, that's the only option. Tell me I'm way sick too sick of hearing cynical. us say. If you're sick of hearing us say, share the show, share it more. You don't have to say it as much. <laughs> See, people are, I think they don't want to share the show because then the person they share it with hears us say, share the show, and they think that the person who shared it with them is just some you know, mindless uh, uh, listener to a podcast. What they don't realize is that we don't have mere listeners. We have citizen producers. We have citizen sponsors. Some, somebody I know came someone I know personally came up to me and said they shared the show with somebody they know out of town. Wow. Fantastic. That doesn't, he, he came up to me. He's like, your guys show is really getting good. Oh, so well, thank you very much. And he said, he said, because I sent it to some friends of mine out of town and they were like, Whoa, this was really good. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that was great. Great. Uh, to hear that. Yeah, feedback. thank you for doing yeah. that. And uh, so, what else did you have? I, we have. I had a little bit of listener participation. Um, you have a story from based on something a listener sent in. Yeah, go for it. What do you have? So, Mike L sent in a clip about reparations. How do you feel about reparations? Well. Let's listen to the clip. It's this guy who's running for uh, he's running for Congress in uh, South Carolina, and oops, his this Fox headlines says descendant of slaves running for Congress makes case for reparations. Okay, Greg Marcel Dixon, candidate for South Carolina sixth congressional. District is calling for 2.8 million in reparation payments for descendants of slaves. I'm gonna say right now, right on. Let's do it. Um, yeah, I'm generally in to- favor of reparations for authentic descendants of slavery. That's what this guy wants. Um, I I don't know if I'm really. I, don't, I wouldn't say that I'm really for it. Well, I don't know how you get I to like 2.8. The, I, I like the. I, <laughs> but I'm. But but I'm for pushing for it, kind of like the Democrats are. Like, listen to this. Oops, that's not it. Sorry. Here you go. The Freemen's Bureau was an agency of the government that was established to help provide for the needs of those who were formerly enslaved and their children. But the Freemen's Bureau was supposed to help Black Americans gain equity in the labor force, 
home ownership, land ownership. It was supposed to make sure that we were uh, repaired, that the country repaired the damage they did to us. That never happened. There's a push right now for Joe Biden. I'm going to be nice. I call him slow Joe Crow Biden, but Joe Biden, there's a push for him to re bring back the Freeman's Bureau, which he can do via executive order. Now, Donald Trump was going to do a Department of African-American Affairs, not quite executive order. Sorry. Now, he's saying Freedmen's Bureau. Right. So for anybody that wants to, I th at first thought he was saying Freeman's Bureau, but it's called the Freedmen's Bureau. Uh, if anybody wants to look at up what he's talking about. Donald Trump was going to do a Department of African-American Affairs, not quite the Freeman's Bureau, but it would have been in that same vein. Joe Biden said to black Americans, y'all have always had my back, which is we're fools for doing that. And he would have ours. He can, with executive order, bring back the Freeman's Bureau, and he has not done it. That bureau has an unfinished job of repairing the great inequities that we see here in America, where black Americans have been in this country longer than nearly all other ethnic groups, and yet we're to the bottom in terms of land and wealth. And that's because the job of reconstruction never finished. Donald Trump had plans where he was going to invest at least $500 billion into the black American community. He was going to start a Department of African American Affairs to focus specifically on our needs. He was talking about the damage that illegal immigration causes to black Americans. There was some good stuff in the plan, even though it was still woefully insufficient. It's more, way more than what we're getting now and what any other presidential candidate has offered. And as far as why... The Freedmen's Bureau, according to History Channel uh, or History.com, the Freedmen's Bureau, formerly known as the Bureau of Refugees, Freedmen and Abandoned Lands, was established in 1865 by Congress to help millions of former black slaves and poor whites in the South in the aftermath of the Civil War. The Freedmen's Bureau provided food, housing, and medical aid, established schools, and offered legal assistance. It also attempted to settle former slaves on land confiscated or abandoned during the war. However, the Bureau was prevented from fully carrying out its programs due to a shortage of funds and personnel, along with the politics of race and reconstruction. Um... So this guy, he's he's using this as the basis for a historical basis for uh, justification of having reparations. So why do you want to see it pushed? Well, so what? So fundamentally, I I don't like the idea of reparations. I don't like the idea of any governmental welfare um that's why it's got to be direct but, payments one time only but in no programs none of this garbage where it gets siphoned so, off well so he's asking for something different he wants 2.8 million per individual but not a lump sum payment he wants it to come in as as uh interest payments so that you don't have a uh, set off hyperinflation because of it. I don't know. I don't know if that. I don't know if any of it makes much. No, that sense. doesn't make. Joe Biden make any has sense. yet to do, Here. do anything similar. It's because he doesn't have to. Unfortunately, Black Americans 
we are a captured electorate, and that is our fault. Reparations is about a debt that is due. It is not to fight against racism. It is not to punish white people. It is not race-based. Reparations is lineage status-based. So pretty much anyone who is identifying as Black and they are a descendant of an American enslaved or a person who was emancipated by the U.S. government, a freedman, they qualify for reparations. So if you are a black person and your parents arrived there from Jamaica in the 1970s and you have no lineage tracing back to American slavery, you don't get reparations. Being black is not enough. If you are a white person and you've been identifying as white your entire life, but you may have an enslaved ancestor, because in the South, especially in states like South Carolina, a lot of white people do, you still do not qualify for reparations. Wait, it's for wait, those whoa. who identify... <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> so he just wants this based on the color of your skin, but that's not going to work either or, because... Well, or if you identify, right? He said if you identify it as black. Right, so Rachel Dolezal. Dolezal. <laughs> she could, she's, if she can prove she's descended from a slave and identifies as black, she can get it. But if you, Andrew Marcus... No, you can't. Uh, it, 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 yeah, the other is, thing is it says right in, it says here on history.com that this was also to help poor white people. Mm-hmm. So he's changing it a little bit. Yeah, well, but I, I, frankly, poor white people should have nothing to do with this conversation. I mean, I, 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 of course, you know, they can have their own program, I suppose, but this is specifically about slavery. So I think it was interesting that the story was sent to me. Mike L. from Vernon Hills sent the story, um, and it's on Fox News. So this video, I don't know if it if it was going around somewhere and Fox News picked it up to put it on. Uh, it's on their America Reports page on foxnews.com. So it... it but it says it's Fox News Originals, so I don't know. But- I would take any budget for all the social welfare programs that are aimed towards African Americans. I'd cancel them all, and I would take that budget for the next 10 years, and I would turn that into a one-time-only cash payment to actual See, descendants of slavery. And everyone can either take it or leave it. And and after well, that, you're zeroing it out of the budget. And 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 they should Republicans should get in front of this, lead on this, okay. and show that the Democrats yes. don't want anything to right. actually do with it. it. That's my point, and that's I, that comes from Paul McKinley and all of my millions of discussions with him over the last fifteen years Paul McKinley, about this uh, issue. A black uh, uh, community Paul organizer, McKinley, former offender, he's our friend, right? Yeah. He's our friend in Chicago. He's an ex ex felon who did uh, some long time in a federal penitentiary. He was a he's basically a conservative Republican uh, now. He still lives in the South Side of Chicago. He's an act. He's a community activist, and uh, he's street. You know, he's he he's in the streets. Um, fighting against the Chicago machine all of the time. And people been listening to this show for a while. We've had him on for a couple of interviews. He's a good friend. And when I've had the conversation with him where I was, you know, completely opposed to reparations, he's like, forget about all of that. He's like, you need to be for it 
to show the Democrats are really against it. Because as soon as you start pushing for reparations, you're going to see them turn turn around and be opposed to oh, it. Oh, right, because you they don't really want You can't it. eliminate the programs. The programs are where the Democrats live, and they are that's, right. that's where they th- suck all the money away from the black community. Right, and this guy's kind of getting to that where he's saying, you know, Biden never did anything. And that's what I was thinking was interesting about Fox playing this video is, you know, it, it, you know, they're, he, this guy pivots from Biden, who's, he's saying Biden does nothing about reparations and Trump was actually doing something about it. And I think in general, Fox knows that their audience tends to have, you know, the same view I have, a more anti, uh, you know, government welfare program view. And you hear the word reparations thrown around by all these Marxist leftists out there all the time. Your first immediate, you know, knee-jerk reaction is, this is ridiculous and it's an attack against me for being racist, you know, so I'm against it. And they're also then he's taken the connection to Trump as for it. So I felt like this putting this here is like one is to is to make sure there's no actual conversation that ever happens about reparations or not. And then two, to show that Trump was the guy that was doing this, not the Santas. <laughs> Good point. It's a little bit of propaganda here, I think. <laughs> So like, why are they? Why are they in the middle of this? And then they have afterwards the next video is some Republican, um, you know, black people come on and talk about why reparations is stupid, but they never really talk about any alternative or anything else. Um, but they had wait, they had black people on talking about reparations are stupid. Uh, yeah, Republicans. You know, they're kind of like Republican. Uh. One was a lieutenant governor from North Carolina. And then the other was... Uh, and what station was this on? That was on Fox also. Okay, because that seems like a setup to make the black politicians look bad in the black community. Right, which I think happens a lot, is the media uses you know, certain talking figures uh, to offend the black community, and it you know, creates this wedge where even when people are looking for an alternative from the Democrats, you can't really find an alternative over here. So they could just keep doing what they do. Hmm. Here's a little more from uh, Greg Marcel Dixon. I asked black and they are a descendant of those who were enslaved and then later emancipated by the American government. It's very easy to do because most black Americans, know our lineage very well. My plan calls for recipients to get $2.8 million in cash bond, and instead of the government just giving them a check for $3 million, $50 million would be insane, they pay them interest yearly until the full amount is paid. So that way, you don't have superinflation. That would definitely happen if you gave 50 million people almost $3 million all at once. If- I like it. We'll give you money forever. That's a total, that's a grift right there. So that money, A, it'll be like the Social Security Fund. It'll be gone, okay? 
day. <laughs> There'll be the interest payments will be coming from. They'll be printed. Uh, that's a joke. This guy is not serious. He's not serious. No. <laughs> so here's where I like it though. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. It's all fake money. <laughs> right. None of it's real money exactly. anyway. Printed. So who cares? Let's be for it. So the Democrats can be against well, it. Well, like I said, I'm actually for it. I'm. I think that. Uh, American descendants of slavery who were never given their 40 acres and a mule have a claim. I think that people who suffered under Jim Crow, if they can prove it, they have a claim. Uh, Yeah. And I can go back. I've kind of said that too, like with the, as far as the Freedmen's Bureau goes, you know, they were uh, distributing confiscated land or abandoned land uh, from during the war. You know, I I would like to see all of the national parks in the hands of private, in the right. hands of private people. There's lots of value that can be that can be distributed. A lot a lot of value could be uh, achieved. A, a lot of wealth can be achieved yep. for the people of this country, the citizens of this country that has been basically been stolen by the federal government that owns all of these national yeah, the, parks. And the left that does not want this. these people moving out of the blue cities where they're imprisoned <laughs> to go no, live and on they open don't land want somewhere. Them, <laughs> and they don't want them having any property. Right. They don't want them owning no, any property. No, they need them dependent so, and desperate. So I think if you start a push for, for something like that, where you give land to people, where they could take and improve the land and do things with the land. First of all, you're going to get a lot of people that just don't want to do that. But for the ones that do, I say that's what made this country what it is, was people going out into the land and making Absolutely. something Absolutely. And I think it. you make it an Doing offer and it's a take like it or leave it. And if you leave it, okay, well, you turn down your reparations. Done. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> that would work. You know where they're not uh, going to go get any land is <laughs> <As> in Jamaica. <laughs> Did you see right. this story that came out of Jamaica? Andy No, journalist Andy No, posted this to Twitter. Let me play this clip for you I real saw, quick. I <laughs> saw, yeah. Oh, I didn't see the clip. I saw the headline. African people stay here. Have Jamaican people stay here. Have white people stay here. Have Spanish people stay here. And have black Americans stay here. And she is a the owner of an Airbnb uh, residents in Jamaica that she clearly leases out to people. I'm not saying not all black Americans are bad, but the ones that came to my place have been nothing but problem. Only two good ones came here to all of them. Fight late at night, not with me, with each other. They're disrespectful, they're entitled, they're un- unappreciative. And it is that way because America has spoiled them and give them so much free what I think they could come to Jamaica and get the free, same free out here and be nasty about it. I'm not saying all of you are like that, but because of that, I'm not risking my health and my happiness for people. No short-term stay. No short-term stay. It's not going to happen here. I'd rather eat salt and banana and let goats and cows live into my houses than have people come here and stress me. I will not hate my business because of customers. A lot of business people are miserable because of some kind of customer. Not this place. I don't want my place. is drama free and i'll go back and take care of that the uh yeah she (laughs) she does not she's singling out specifically african-americans as being spoiled because they're giving too much free stuff in the united states yeah it's it's the whole thing she wants less reparations (laughs) in the united states right (laughs) no the whole thing 
the whole thing is just it's just a it's an unfortunate situation i mean it, you've you've got you've got this whole group of people that have been abused they had you know the horrors of slavery that they lived through they get then you go through this reconstruction that you know didn't really happen terrorized by the democrat clan right and then you you have right where the where nothing was ever really improved i mean you've just got a a culture that was destroyed you've got for whatever reason you've got people in prison you've got families torn apart you have horrible education you have the corrupt democrat machines in all of these urban cities where a lot of these people live and they're abused so you know why not if you're on the right why not try to figure something out try to you know i i don't know what the answer is but I know the, 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 what, what the media wants us to do and what the parties want us to do is just say, this is stupid, this is ridiculous, this guy's an idiot, and we should never talk to these people again. Right. It, well, they want that binary. Right. They want us split up and divided. Meanwhile, and what, what you said, which I'll sl- slightly disagree with, like, take all the programs that they have now and then bundle those up and give them a a check. You know what? Let's keep the programs they have now, but let's make sure that they're implemented properly instead of illegally like that. Cause I, I've been shown that. Why would you keep these programs in place there? Even if you can get them straight for a generation, it won't take long before they're completely destroyed. Because you know what? How about let's not give the money to Ukraine? No, I get that. I'm just saying that these these programs are are not only are they draining us dry, they're not effective because the Democrats just steal the money. So uh, my, you've got to get rid of these programs. You have to. I'm just well, saying. Well, I think I'm saying then you're right. Way, Strategically, all, you're right. People don't, Strategically, people say they don't want to fund it, but we're already funding it. That's my point. We're already right. funding it. No, yeah, you. That's a better point because if you take it away, take away those programs. And you cut off all of that money going into the Democrat machine yes. in all these cities. Yes. And they'll definitely be opposed to that. And you'll expose why they're opposed to it. You'll, right. you'll expose yeah. that they don't care about what happens to the black community. They just want the gravy train to continue. Right. Uh, and in fact, that's what uh, animates Paul, I think, the most in terms of uh, my interactions with him. He is furious that the left sets up all these organizations. Black Lives Matter, prime example, where they raise billions of dollars and it's all siphoned. All of it. Not one black life was improved except for the black lives living in the mansions that they purchased. So uh, I saw that they're having money trouble. <laughs> Did you see that? Well, as an organization, they're not having much luck raising money anymore because we've all seen that the money is uh, going to their mansions while they publicly boast about their goal of destroying the nuclear family. So, And they haven't been able to quite kick things off in New York with uh, the the Neely guy. Right, that's the right. Michael Jackson. You imitator. have something on that story, don't you? 
I don't know. I well, I did get a, a producer sent in a, a a tweet about just them going bankrupt that they spent something like seventeen million dollars last year and they were only able to raise eight and a half million dollars. Uh, oh, Black so Lives Matter. Yes. Yeah. No, I thought you had. Um, did you have something on Neely? No, no, no. That's I have uh, Jacob Chansley. Oh, okay, gotcha. The caveman Sorry. Viking J six or gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to go to that? Yeah, because because that's a smooth transition. We <laughs> well, made. I mean, <laughs> since we're talking about it. <laughs> well, what else do you have? Uh, we'll move on over to the white supremacist Jacob Chansley. Um, no, that, that's, <laughs> well, that's is good. it short? Um, we're gonna we're gonna do the ask in about five minutes. Is it short? It's pretty short. I think we'll take it into that. Okay, that's fine. It's it. Did you so? We talked about him a while ago. He's the guy that's the caveman Viking. He was down in Arizona during the recount or whatever, the audit down there. And then he was in the Capitol on J6 and he was put in prison. He was arrested and convicted and put in prison. And then Tucker had the release of the tapes of the J6 tapes. Showing the police, the Capitol Police, walking him around and trying to open doors for him. Right. And that he was basically a peaceful protester walking through the Capitol on vacation, minding his own business peacefully. And I, we, I said that, you know, we were talking about how the release of those tapes was basically like part of the fix. Nothing's going to come of it. Either Tucker's in on it or Tucker got screwed where they told him what he could show or what he could release. And, I said nothing's going to happen with Jacob. Chan- he focused on Jacob Chansley instead right. of all the other people that are in prison still. And I said, well, nothing's those people aren't going to get out of prison and neither is Jacob Chansley. Well, I was wrong. Jacob Chansley got out pretty shortly after that. He got put into a mental home somewhere and now he's been freed completely. And he put a video out on twitter have you seen no. it he doesn't he lost the costume <laughs> it's probably so he, he, doesn't, so he have, doesn't have his branding his trademark branding <laughs> he doesn't have his horns or the or the you know the the viking suit or whatever it was he doesn't have the the shield or anything like that he's got a white suit on with a black shirt and like a usa like a patriotic flag type bandana on his head and tie so he's you know mr patriot um and he's standing in front of one of those like indian dream catcher things you know what those are where they have like the it's like a round it's like a curve they use sticks and they curve like a circle and they tie little strings around and they have it's like some kind of spider web some kind of hocus pocus dream catcher machine that the indians native americans use Okay, so he's standing in front of one of those, and there's a white wall, and he's just, it's like the launch of his new career. Hello, United States of America and the world. My name is Jacob Angeli Chansley, and I would like to start this official statement by thanking God Almighty for protection and blessings along this arduous journey of mine. You know, I once heard that school teaches us lessons and gives us a test, but God gives us a test and teaches us lessons. 
And to say the least, I have most certainly learned numerous lessons during the test which God has graced me with over the last two and a half years. Now, one of the most important lessons I learned was patience. See, the world is currently going through turmoil, the likes of which many of us were not prepared for by our schools, by our governments, and our cultural upbringing. However, patience is key if we are to overcome the obstacles before us and simultaneously turn them into opportunities for unity, love, and peace. Now, if handled with patience and understanding, we can use these demoralizing and destabilizing crises to emerge a more evolved and uh, stable and moral nation and species. Another. <laughs> so he's going to emerge a more uh, stable nation and species. Big mistake. Um, he should have launched a pack. <laughs> and announced fundraising right there on the spot. <laughs> his moment is going to pass. He's going to fade now. This was his moment and to raise cash. What was he thinking? To the first thing I thought is like, I'm like, all right, he, this guy should come out now and be the spokesman for raising money and, you know, legal fees and the stuff that all the people in prison are still going through. Right. There's hundreds book. of them. You know, a speaking tour. But in 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 this, I'm not going to play the whole thing. It, in this whole, he ends up quoting Jesus and Buddha and Gandhi and a bunch of different people. So he's like this super multi-spiritual type guy and in front of his dream catcher. And he's he, he really sounds like a car salesman. He sounds really happy and joyful, but he's got nothing about, he says nothing about the other people in prison still. And I just thought this was weird. And I thought it, I thought it was weird back when he was the Q shaman in Arizona. And then he was the Q shaman in J six. And then he was the Q shaman in Tucker's videos. And basically, he got his justice after that, supposedly. Now he's a free guy to go and, you know, do whatever he's doing. I just find it strange. Well, maybe he doesn't want to poke the bear that imprisoned him by, by advocating for anybody. He just wants to get away from the whole thing. He spent two and a half years in prison. Except he's, except he's like you said, he's like trying to launch a new career here. Like it's, it's just weird. I don't know exactly what to make of it. To me, it always seemed like he was some sort of op. It just seemed like. Yeah, but does an op go to? He's an unwitting op. If he's an op, he's unwitting. What I, is he going to volunteer to go to jail? Is that what you were going to say? Years? I don't know. What kind of jail was he in? He was in jail. <laughs> he was in jail and his his uh his reputation is forever that he was this guy on January 6th. I think he's I think he's loopy. I've seen video of him before January 6th. He seemed loopy before that. He seems loopy now. And I, I so if he's a dupe, I think I mean if he's a, an op, yeah, he's I don't a dupe. Know. But he's blowing. He's to I think you're right. He's blowing it. <laughs> I mean, you've got an opportunity right. here, you know. 
you've got an opportunity here to you've basically everyone in the country knows who you are. Right. And you've been freed. And you have an ability now to use your voice in in regard to that incident and to what occurred. And there's still a whole lot of people in jail that shouldn't be. I don't know if there are people in jail that should be. There there could be. That I that I don't know. I mean, there might have been some kookballs out there that really thought they were gonna take over the government that day. I don't that I don't know. I it seems like a stretch, but there were a lot of crazy things going on. But this you know, you've got you've got an opportunity here to do something and yeah i think it's totally blown i think it's weird i think you're right i think it's a blown opportunity and uh i think it's probably going to be the end of jacob chansley he didn't realize that this was the moment where he needed to ask for money and that's the moment where we are that's right ladies and gentlemen this is the time in the program where we get to explain to you how it's done. Jeremy, people might have noticed we do not have corporate sponsors on the Truth Bay Podcast. We have citizen sponsors on the Truth Bay Podcast. Why is that, Jeremy? Well, we're just trying to give them a chance before we sell out to the big corporate sponsors. <laughs> no, it is because we are bringing you the truth in every single episode. Every Tuesday and Friday, without fail. So, to the best of our yeah, ability. I was waiting for that. <laughs> There's a delay sometimes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, so we do not take corporate sponsorship. We rely on our listeners. We are building a community here, and it's called the Value for Value model. If you feel that you've been listening to this program and it's bringing value to your life, to your experience, to your existence in this propaganda sea that we are swimming around in, then we ask that you return the favor and show us value in, in return. Uh, it takes a lot of effort and resources to put this program on air. Jeremy and I both are uh, basically working a full-time job to make this happen, and we're so far doing it for free uh, monetarily. It's, uh, we've, we've been given other reward that is not monetary, but uh, uh, yes, we have so far taken no money. And actually, Jeremy, I have an update for you on that situation. The reason we have accepted no donations to this point is because we have had trouble opening up a bank account. We went to a very uh, large brand name bank to open a business account, and uh, they they slow walk. Are you going to name? Are you going to no, name the bank? I am not. <laughs> I am not going to name the bank. They slow walked us, and uh, in an attempt to never say no, they just never said yes. They kept telling us, "Oh, this person will get in contact with you. Oh no, it needs to be this person. Uh, oh, we're examining it." They had asked me what the business was. I described to them that it was a podcast. That I gave them the name. I have a feeling they went and looked it up. And determined they want nothing to do with the truth, <laughs> which makes sense, uh, given that they're one of the major banks. Uh, so we have gone to a different bank. That bank 
is I'm just waiting for them to give me the account number. The paperwork is already done. I'm told we should have the account number very, very soon. I have the. You said that the other day. No, it is. I, I literally, they sent me the paperwork uh, two days ago. I confirmed with them today, this morning, that everything is signed and it is what they need. And they are telling me, you are all set. We will have your online banking ready for you next week. So. I've never had this happen where it takes that long. What kind of bank is well, this? this is for a business? This is a business account. Business accounts are a yeah, little bit different I, than personal accounts. I don't know. I've I've got business other business accounts with banks. I walked in. I set up the account. I put a deposit in. I left with a debit card and an account. And all I had to do was go register online and have the online banking yeah, set up. No, I it is different now. I remember in the past I've had other business accounts. I've never experienced anything like this. Uh, but uh, look, long story short, uh, we will have an account. We will be taking Stripe payment donations uh, well, very soon. I'm not going to make any promises. <laughs> I wonder if we can, get a, can we get a copy of our social credit score if we get denied? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, coming from how can we improve? Elon Musk will 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 fill out our social credit scores for us. Um, since the X app is going to be where all of that takes place. Uh, the other ways that people can return value to the program, which is happening, is people sharing the show, people writing us at truth at truthbait.com, sharing ideas with us, sending us video clips, sending us tweets, sending us content, because that really, you know, and I talked about this on the last program, oh, it takes us a tremendous amount of time for each one of the segments you're hearing. It's a full-time job to produce this. So if you send us content, if you send us a clip and say, hey, listen to this specific portion, don't just send me an hour-long clip and say, oh, there's something really great in there. I'm never going to be able to listen through to it. If you send me an hour-long clip with a time stamp on it that tells me where to go listen to something, I'm all over it. But when people send us that stuff, it saves us a tremendous amount of time. Time is money. So you, it is as valuable to me, as sending in a check. When you send us content and it saves us time setting up this show, that is incredibly valuable. So please keep doing that. Uh, share the show yeah, we and want, rate the show. We, we want to talk about stuff that you find interesting or that you think that our community of listeners are, is going to find interesting. I mean, between the two of us, we're certainly not able to see everything. I didn't even see the biggest campaign blunder ever this week that happened. So, you know, people sending in stories like the reparations guy, that's a good one. And uh, the other day we had some good stories sent in from a, a listener producer. So, and we will give you credit as a producer if you want us to, you know, either use a stage name that you create, or if you wanted to have real credit as a producer of the podcast and use your uh, full name, just tell us how you want to be uh, referred to. And keep sending stories in. Also, keep writing in comments to us. If you've gone ahead and 
done a podcast review on Apple Podcasts or if you've rated it on Spotify, like if you have actually taken the time to do a rating on Spotify, write us an email, truth at truthbait.com, and tell us that you did it. And then make your, because they don't do online reviews, give us the review and we'll read it. Absolutely. Because it's, That's a great it's idea. very helpful for us to hear what you like and don't like. It, it will help us to make a better show. It will, and I think, you know, if you go back to episode one, you know, and hit a few episodes down the line, I mean, we've gotten a lot of feedback that. It, the show's getting better. The show's getting smoother. The sh- you know, like a lot of things are working, and it seems like we've gotten a flow going where we can we're kind of producing the same show week after week, or you know, a couple times a week. Um, but we still think it's going to be an ongoing uh, development, you know, and it, and it's something that changes a little bit over time. People offer good ideas. People tell us, you know, things they would like to see. And, and we're able to really create something different, you know, different than every other radio show that's out there or different than every other podcast that's out there, but something that makes it a unique experience for our community of listeners. Uh, well, I kind of feel the impulse to hurry out of the ask segment and <laughs> get back to content. I worry about losing people during the ask segment. Yeah, that's fine with me. Um, all right, but I, you know, and I still feel like we need a song to end. We need something that ends the that ends the the ask segment. All, right now, all I have is that. Thank you, ladies and a gentlemen. Jing- a jingle or something. We need something, something that leads us in and something that leads us out. Uh, what else do you have, Jeremy? <laughs> okay. <laughs> or. This one's better. Okay, we're done. Okay. Anyways, uh, the other stuff I have, well, I've got the brain chips. What else did you have? Did you see this? This is a clip that, uh, again, I got this off of the Liberty Daily. Great website. People should check that out. Um, Here's a clip they played. This is a flashback from 2019 of Dennis Prager on Bill Maher. And I wanted to play this because this is such an excellent example of the way the left plays dumb and uses ridicule. And uh, even then, you know, a couple years later, everything that was predicted that they ridiculed comes true. Here is Dennis Prager on Bill Maher. To say that men can menstruate is a lie. And that is now, that is what is said. And that's in 2019. And the reason people are laughing is because Bill Maher is giving a face like, what are you talking about? Men menstruating? What are you talking about? To say that men can menstruate is a lie. And that is now, that is what is said. Wait, 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 where did that come from? I never heard it. Check it out. Anyone who says a man cannot menstruate is considered transphobic. I I missed this whole story. Are you kidding? I did. Tell tell me where where you're getting this. Just Google it. Can men menstruate? But who is saying this? You're who talking about a very small no, percentage. Oh, really? Dennis, I remember you in the old show. You were a little more reasonable. So Dennis is the one who's unreasonable. Prager. <laughs> yeah, you know, he was really ahead of this curve. I saw him a decade ago uh, 
with executive producer and one time he was uh he was doing a speaking event with Eric Metaxas at the Moody Bible Institute down in Chicago mm-hmm. and he was he was well in tune and warning of the push to basically undo and remove uh you know biological sex from our culture and that that was the that that was the real push in all of the very uh leftist cultural uh direction that we were moving in and he was right on <laughs> i mean it's like we have arrived what he was predicting and that's Sounds like that's what he was doing there with Mar, and it was new to Mar <laughs> when he said it. Do you know if is Ronan Farrow trans? Was he born a woman? Transvestite? Yeah. I don't even know who that is. Ronan Farrow. Mia Farrow's yeah, son. Woody yeah, Allen's no son. I have no was idea. He born I feel like he was born a woman i don't remember anymore when you look at him he sure looks like a woman i have no uh, idea uh well i'm trying to find it and i can't find it right away um uh, the reason i bring it up is because they ronan farrow's on this uh panel that they're now ridiculing prager for <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, what did I say that wasn't unreal? You, 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 you said that, that we think that men menstruate yes, and no yes. one does. Uh, no one does, Bill. <laughs> we no, never no. Even, have you heard about it? Uh, I'm a doctor. I, I missed that one, I confess. And that's Ronan Farrow who missed that one, he confesses. This is one of the you, premier reporters. Missing, <laughs> He's one of the premier reporters, and yet he missed the oncoming cultural wave that men can menstruate, which is now everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> not not a very good endorsement for Ronan. He knows everything. These, are, this, these, these people are very... Yes. He's a doctor. Okay. He's one of I the would make a friendly bet that, you, that the LGBTQ okay. normative statement is men okay. can menstruate. And, of course, Prager was an idiot. Yeah. But. And now. Did you see this from the State Department? Libs of TikTok put this up. It just is just I'm playing this because this is just a through line of how far we've gone. Th- that clip you just heard was from 2019. It was not that long ago. Hi, my name is Mark and I use he him pronouns. This is the U.S. Embassy in Brazil that put out a video about about using proper pronouns. Hi, my name is Mark and I use he, him pronouns. You've probably noticed that more and more people are stating their preferred pronouns when they introduce themselves in social conversations, in classrooms, in the workplace, in their email signatures, and on social media. The reason is simple. There is a range of gender identities beyond male and female. In English, many use he, him, or she, her pronouns, but a growing number of people are using different pronouns like they, them, zem, z here, her, hers, and am. <laughs> These are called gender neutral pronouns. No, they're called retarded. 
They don't specify the gender of the subject of the sentence, and they exist because you can't assume someone's gender just by looking at them. Yeah, actually you can. Them. Words matter, and they are powerful tools to convey meaning and connect more deeply with one another. Making incorrect assumptions about someone's gender, that's a microaggression that could be hurtful for individuals who identify with certain communities. Yeah, I don't care about your microaggressions. <laughs> I don't care. If you feel microaggressed against, good. You deserve it. Well, I can wuss. tell you that I've never felt more patriotic. <laughs> Shouldn't this be in Portuguese? Why are they doing it in English? It's in Brazil. They speak Portuguese. It's the official language. They're probably not even showing it on the Brazilian interwebs. They're probably only showing it here. It's clearly so only for the U.S. audience. Exactly. Thank you. Exactly. Such as transgender or queer communities. So, what's the best way to be sure you're using the right pronouns? Just ask. Asking for and using someone's preferred pronouns show respect and help create an inclusive environment. <laughs> Hi, you look well, like I'm an gonna... idiot. What's your pronoun? Well, I feel like I'm willing to ask, but not go along with. <laughs> I, I, I want to like, ask, what hey, your what's, your, what's your pronoun? And then as Z, they tell Zem. me their pronoun, I just say, okay, dude. Right. Thanks, man. Whatever you, whatever you say, chick. Whatever you say, lady. <laughs> okay, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. Take your pronouns and shove them. Shove them hard. I do In not care. Uh, I have, um, I have a Memphis drive-by shooting that happened on camera during a news report, and I clipped this. Because I found the person that they're interviewing is so used to this. Wait until you hear her reaction. The, 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 the news crew is in full panic. This woman totally keeps it together. Listen to this. Well, we report about this city's crime problem almost every day. This is out of Memphis. Okay, but today, that problem hit home for one of our crews while doing a story about crime in Whitehaven. We were interviewing a woman about the Memphis PD's plan to enforce the city's teen curfew when out of nowhere, a drive-by shooting across the street. Watch. Gotcha. Please put your name for me. Uh, my name is Yolanda, Y-O-L-A-N-D-A. <laughs> wow. Get down, just get down, get down. Just stay down and get down. That's okay, thank you, Lord Jesus. Just stay down and get down. It's... Uh, now they're coming back. Okay. <laughs> that the, what you're hearing there is the camera crew. <laughs> so panicked so she can't even talk. <laughs> so she's directing yes. the crew how yes. to deal with it. Yes. Wow. It's uh, now they're coming back. Okay. You okay, Jay? Thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus yes. that cover us. Thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. All right. We should be all right. Okay. Drive by. You can see the playground equipment where children play there. That hail gunfire happened at 11 a.m. This is my favorite part. The news anchor comes in to reassure you that everything is fine. In a parking lot between the Whitehaven Community Center and Rains Finley Park, the shooter was targeting an apartment complex across the street. Yeah. I have a feeling he was targeting people inside the complex. I don't know. Usually people don't target a building. <laughs> they target people. 
Now, no one was hurt, and police responded right away. <laughs> no one was hurt, and police responded right away. It's fantastic, everybody. Everything is totally normal, except nobody was arrested. Although, as far as we know, no one's been arrested. So they responded right away, <laughs> but not right away enough to actually do anything about it. Yeah, but they're missing all of what's important is... How does the shooter identify? <laughs> right. They have no idea the victim status of the shooter or the oppressor is status a, of the target. He, her, or a, a she, Z. I just loved how composed she was. And I would just point out, I, I think there might be a correlation between her faith and her strength. No question about that. I mean, that's that's crazy. I don't I don't know. I'm avoiding big cities. It's Memphis. It's not even a big city. It's a medium-sized yeah, it's city. Pretty big, it's a well, pretty it's big city, though. Compared to where you are in the sticks. I mean, they have a, yeah. f- they have a football team. <laughs> they do? It's a big city. It's a big city. <laughs> I think they do, don't they? They have a basketball team, I think. I don't know, don't actually. I mean, I, yeah, I think they do. Yeah, they have a Tennessee... Uh, Titans? Yeah. But are they in Memphis? The Is that where they are? Yeah. I are don't they know. In Na- uh, oh, maybe they're in Nashville. Yeah, you're right. You're right. There's a basketball team. There's and basketball there's clearly team. a shooting squad. So it's a, bi- it's a big city. <laughs> there's a rivalry team, too. Yeah. I'm not going there now. <laughs> yeah, I it's certainly wouldn't go play on that go. playground. Jeremy, I don't know what yeah. you're so worried about. The police responded right away. Yeah, well, I can make barbecue in my backyard. I don't need to go to Memphis. What else do you have? Uh, the brain implants. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, this is this have, is Musk, who's all approved. for our freedom <laughs> and you know saving yes. us from tyranny. But he wants to give us brain implants that upload our thoughts to the cloud. Yeah, they've it's been approved by the FDA. Oh, well, then you know it's Did you safe. Know that? Yes, I have a Reuters report here. It's a fairly generic report, but it'll give you the gist of what's going on. Oh, United States of America. Oh, that was Jacob Chansley. Sorry, here you go. Elon Musk's brain implant company, Neuralink, said on Thursday it had been given a green light from the US FDA to kickstart its first in-human clinical study. It's a critical milestone for Neuralink after earlier struggles to gain approval. We're confident that it is possible to restore full-body functionality. On at least four occasions since 2019, Musk has said his medical device company would begin human trials for brain implant to treat severe conditions such as paralysis and blindness. Now that sounds good. Yeah, actually that that sounds about that sounds fine. Right? If you can I if mean, it can make it work, I, a lot of people are going to get hurt in the process of testing, I guess. They have this video of a of a of a chimpanzee or orangutan or some kind of monkey like working a computer mouse with his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually more than Biden can do <laughs> with a computer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yet the company only sought Food and Drug Administration approval in early 2022, and the agency rejected the application, sources linked to the company told Reuters in March. The sources said the FDA had pointed out several concerns to Neuralink that needed to be addressed before sanctioning human trials. They include the device's battery, as well as safety issues surrounding its wires and the protection of brain tissue. So they, so they say in this Reuters report that the initial request for FDA approval was based on concern over battery safety and safety of wires and, uh, and what was the other one? brain tissue. Surrounding its wires and the protection of brain tissue. What about the monkeys? Thursday's FDA approval comes as U.S. lawmakers are urging regulators to investigate the oversight of animal testing at Neuralink. Um, the company has already been the subject of federal probes, including at least one linked to animal testing and treatment. Fun game. In a tweet on Thursday, Neuralink said it was excited to share the news of the approval, but that it's not yet recruiting for a clinical trial. So. In case you were thinking about going and signing up. Hey, no, this is actually, I, th this is easily solved. All he has to do is port over his technology from Tesla. And you can have wires come out of your out of your head, run right up to a, uh, a, so uh, a, Star a solar Link panel. Satellite. A solar no, panel. A Star you know, that'll charge it. Well, no, because uh, that's next, Jeremy. We're just dealing with power right now, <laughs> the battery issues. Solar power. I think is the way to go. You get you get a free hat with your Neuralink implant, and that hat actually has uh, uh, a solar you know, shield on it. Yeah, that's. I think yeah. that's the way you do it. You can have a little battery pack. Uh, you walk around with your own like Tesla wall. But that could probably beam directly to the Starlink. That is the next he has step. Providing internet. Yeah, no. To so in else's all seriousness, it, it all sounds great when we're talking about curing paralysis, and it seems like there is a a, a lot of hope. Uh, for this to do that. But that's just the gateway. That's the entry. That's that's what puts the foot in the door, the, the camel's nose under the tent. Because it won't be long before you're implanting so that you can run faster, so that you can think clearer, so that you can get rid of your ADHD and be a good student in school. Uh, and yeah, upload everything you to the can internet. Actually, and, and if they can actually do it. I've it seen just reports the, about uh, that this technology has worked in paralyzed mice. That they, of course, they had to paralyze the mice to begin with. They, they brought in Dr. Fauci for that. <laughs> and they paralyzed the mice and then they used the chip. I don't know if it's Neuralink. I just know that this has been, I've read about this being done, uh, where they're able to then use the chip to uh, to bypass the the damaged part of the spinal cord or whatever it is that caused the paralysis, and they actually are able to regenerate movement. And they say that actually the damaged portions even improve as the chip is used. Now, is any of this true? I don't know, but if it yeah. is, then it does sound very promising. And I and I would hate to see you know people who are paralyzed not have. You know, a technological advance that could help them. I just see where everything something, after that is a total disaster. Yeah, something tells me the safer bet is waiting for Jesus's return, and he says, "Rise and walk," <laughs> like he did before. Oh, so I'm Jesus not, doesn't think you're perfect without walking? <laughs> I'm just, I, I, I'm not going to bet money here on this technology being very. Oh, good I think and, it's, I think it's going to happen, and I think it's going to. Be very sketchy at first. I mean, it might be. It might be, and it might. 
And it might be the way to get people to sign up. Right, well, that's know. what I'm saying. That's the nose under the, that's the camel's nose under the tent is, well, how could you be against curing blindness, against curing paralysis? How can you be against that? Well, it's everything that comes listen, after. That's the problem. Listen to this earlier report when it was denied. Elon Musk is a man of many things, cars, rocket ships, tweeting, and brain implants. Neuralink, owned by Musk, claims to have created a brain chip that treats paralysis and blindness. But we're still a ways away from testing it out on patients after the FDA denied Neuralink's request to start human trials. According to employees who spoke with CNBC, Neuralink's initial request to begin next steps in getting microchips on the market was rejected. According to the report, the FDA cited safety concerns over the chip's lithium battery, the risk of wires migrating to other areas of the brain, and whether the device can be removed from brain tissue safely. There's a little more detail there. I didn't know wires could the, migrate. <laughs> they're worried about the wires migrating to other parts of the brain. What kind of wires are these? Yeah, I think there's a lot yeah. left to develop. And here's what you have to know for people who are, you know that there's going to be people out there that are like, oh, sign me up, sign me up. Okay, fine. Let's sign totally. you up. <laughs> I want the volunteers to go first. What is What they have to know is your brain is like a rocket that, that Musk is testing. Musk does not care if that rocket explodes in midair. It's a learning experience. So just know when your brain explodes that they won't consider that a bad thing. That's a learning opportunity. <laughs> so, hey, if you are one of these people that absolutely wants to jump on board right away, let's sign you up. You're just who we're looking for. I do not want to get signed up. Didn't you play a clip in a recent episode about some woman that had uh, a chip or something in her, in her arm? In her She's hand. all excited yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah, she'll be one of those ones. Yeah, and I, and I think up. we need to expedite her to the front of the line. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Don't use prisoners. That's cruel. Use morons. <laughs> Um. Yeah, if you get this brain chip, you might have a rapid, unscheduled disassembly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Of your mind. <laughs> uh, <sighs> would you like a... Yeah. You remember, so we've talked about uh, the institutional progressives... They want to depopulate the earth by about 85%. They want to take us down to a billion people. Yeah, that was a couple episodes yeah, ago. Yeah, so right? I, have an, I have an update on that theme, if you'd like to hear it. You know, in Europe, they're actively promoting degrowth. Have you ever heard of degrowth? No, but you said it in the beginning of the show, and I was wondering, what is degrowth? Degrowth is apparently one of the ways we're going to achieve... Uh, climate stability. Really, degrowth is just another word. I think it's euphemism for murder. Uh, that is some real newspeak there. Right. Degrowth. De this is from uh, a an event that took place in the EU Parliament. Now, it doesn't look like there's any MPs. There may be one or two MPs there. The group looks like it's mostly a group of younger people, not kids, but you know, 20-somethings and 30-somethings. Uh, and they are holding this summit 
uh, to discuss ways of curtailing human development, basically. These guys are, they're no different than eugenicists. The, their, their progressive, uh, uh, Godparents, basically, uh, the the their and their progressive ancestors who kicked off the master race and led to the Holocaust. This is just the newest version, uh, and you know, really, it's much more humane. They're not looking to wipe out the Jews; they're just looking to wipe out you know any eighty five percent of the population. Well, Infinite. that's equality, exactly, and uh, and. Uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? It's it's equity, <laughs> and it Equ- is equity, and yeah. it is uh, humane, equitable, equitable. Infinite outcome. growth on finite resources is not only a myth, but it's extractivist and ruthlessly oppressive by design. So, when talking about growth and defending growth, there is a very important first question that we need to ask ourselves: Who are we growing this economy for? And what stories do we use to justify it? We have to acknowledge what lays below our growth. White supremacy, colonialism and imperialism. White supremacy justifies a global system of exploitation and extractivism. Colonialism lays at the foundations of the European economy, institutions, corporate value chains, trade deals, investment agreements, and geopolitical structures of wealth accumulation, which means that there is no degrowth without decolonization. Listen to that applause. Standing ovation. We need to take these conversations outside of these rooms and make sure that for all of the hundreds of fossil fuel lobbyists demanding growth, there are thousands of us demanding degrowth. We need to redistribute wealth, cancel climate debt, implement... Climate debt? (laughs) What is climate debt? debt. Cancel climate debt. Implement a universal basic income. Massively invest in loss and damage funds. Degrow the economy in high-income countries. Increase universal public services. Reduce working time. Dematerialize and reprioritize what it means to live a human life. Yeah! Yeah, Right on! Kill the white people! Yeah, so... Kill all the people. They're talking about the white people. <laughs> they want to kill the white people. And that's a white woman who's saying that. In fact, every, let me go look in the... I'm going to go look in the I clip. bet she'll change Everybody her mind when they start actually killing them. They're panning the room. Everyone in the room is white. Everyone. It's a room yeah. full of white people applauding that, that uh, uh, growth is just white supremacy and you need to degrow the white countries. Something tells me that these Nazis are the same as their Nazi forefathers. And at the end of their beautiful revolution, they're not doing anything for the non-white people except putting them in the ground. They they are, when they're talking about white people, they're talking about poor white people. And the master race was very much against poor white people. They, in fact, that was how it started. It didn't even start against black people. It started against poor white people, Appalachians. They were the ones that they were first targeted as imbeciles, as unworthy of procreating. They put them in sanitariums, sanitizing, sanitizing, 
the bloodlines. So yeah, these people are going to kill plenty of white people, just not the right, not the right white people. The the right white people, they're going to survive because they're the ones who are really the only ones equipped to lead us. These guys are elitists, uh, and they are evil. And um, here in France, I'm going to just play this real quick. France 42, France. I'm sorry, France 24. France is cutting short route air trips. Uh, when train is available, uh, the, the government is coming coming in and just telling the airlines they have to cancel those flights. If the journey can be made by train in less than two and a half hours, the commercial flight is off the table. Christophe Béchu, junior minister of the Green Transition, tweeted that this was one more step towards the decarbonisation of our transport. But critics call it at best a symbolic gesture and at worst, scandalous greenwashing. So the critics are upset that it doesn't go far enough. It's not enough. The lines affected will be the Paris-Nantes, Paris-Lyon and Paris-Bordeaux connections from the Paris airport of Orly, lines which have not been running since COVID. So how about that? (laughs) These lines don't even run anymore. Oh, well, that's good. (laughs) So, you know, it's a good example of how the government uses the disaster. They they destroyed this these air routes because of COVID, and now they're going to wear the destruction as a cheap suit uh, to to display how friendly to the environment they are. They've canceled routes that they destroyed. And for the ban to apply, it has to be possible to take the train both ways in the same day, leaving eight hours in between in the destination city, creating a loophole for flights to Roissy-Charles-de-Gaulle, another airport in the greater Paris region. There's a loophole! This won't do! There's a loophole! The ban also does not apply to connecting flights. The climate and resilience law was voted through in 2021, but this clause was disputed by the airline sector, delaying its enforcement. The law itself was the fruit of a participative democracy initiative. A participative democracy but, initiative. But, Listen to this. Listen. But didn't she say then that that the loophole is for flights from the Charles de Gaulle airport? Well, it's if you have a connecting flight. If you have connecting flights, if you have flights and segments, then you're then you're no longer part of the the reg, the register the reg, the regulation. Because you can okay. have a connecting flight that's less than two hours, and you're you're allowed to take that connecting flight. Participative democracy initiative. 150 people chosen at random to draft a roadmap for France's green future. That sounds like the perfect way to run a country. <laughs> Just pull 150 names out of the phone book and invite them in to create policy. It's the perfect way to create a fake group who has no power, no real power, so there's no real ramifications when you take all of their suggestions and you just go with what you wanted anyway. It's just 150 random people. If you actually had a group of people who had power, they might actually be upset that you took their recommendations and went with what you wanted anyway. So it's all a fraud. It's just a fraud. They made a- well, but it's, to gonna, me, it's communism. They're not going to listen. They're not going to listen to those 150 that's people what I'm saying. anyway it's that's the same thing they that's the same thing they do here with all of the regional planning commissions and things that they do they open it up for public feedback and public well, comment public comment but that's different the, these morons these commies draft 150 people to actually create the policy not give feedback these 
putzes write the policy they think. Aren't now, you they, aren't you participatory? Now do they do those people go by they them or <laughs> yes. Z them? Zizir. Zizir. They made 149 proposals, most of which were watered down by the time the bill reached Parliament. The proposal in question was originally intended to axe flights where the rail alternative was up to four hours, not two and a half. So the people they had wanted stricter? Much more. That's exactly right. Everybody, the, the entire tone of this report is everybody hates this because it's not doesn't go far enough. This is Does our future. How long until this happens here a, in the United States where they start cutting short lines? Which one? Does anyone even know which one causes more pollution? No, nobody cares. I guarantee you this, is, this was manufactured by the hotel lobby. The hotel lobbies, they're, gonna, they're the only ones who are going to do well off of this. People who can't get flights, who are forced to take the train, and you only have so many trains... Mm. And they only have so many seats. And if you just Stay can't overnight. get a seat, it's just tough luck. You're going to be spending a night in one of these fabulous hotels, which I'm sure will offer a stay-over discount. They could do roof riding. Right, get on top of the train. <laughs> or do what they did in Afghanistan, <laughs> where you try to ride the landing Hang on to the wing. <laughs> Hang on to the wing. <laughs> oh, is it wrong to laugh at that? Um, I don't know. Yeah, so... I still don't know if that was real or special effects. Degrowth all over Europe. Well, sounds like a great idea. I'd like to degrow some of the big cities here. That's happening all on its own. They're looking to make... They want inflation. They want life to be expensive. They don't want you to... Make the calculation that you can afford children. This is all about curtailing births, whether through uh, nudging. Remember that the episode we played about how they use nudging? They actually call it mm-hmm. nudging to nudge yeah. the population where you want it to go. Uh, or I thought just it was outright nugging. murder. It's not nugging. Nugging. Yeah. Like, like GIF or JIF. Uh, it is. It, they're. They are, this is an, a full assault in every direction against population growth, all the way from persuasion to murder. So just keep that in mind. And it's called degrowth, everybody. Hmm. I bet they could get people to go along with it if they get a brain implant from Neuralink. The eye plant. Yeah, you give people a free implant, a free phone, a free anything, and they're, they'll sign away all their rights. I suspect the neural link is going to take you into some sort of pop ab- ability to just be like living in a vegetative state that's a completely digital pseudo-reality, like the Matrix, where you don't have to actually live through life oh, anymore. that's how they I, want people. <laughs> they would yeah. love that. Right. Take it from a 15-minute city to a 15-second bedroom. Yeah. They they would huh. love it if you just vegged out, took your drugs, remained quiet, shut up. You could play your video games. And, oh, and, and they will long. look at that as the humanitarian alternative to just killing you. 
Because again, at the end of the day, your social well, credit they're score gonna is sell it as the humanitarian alternative to living life right. <laughs> that well, God gave if you. you. Well, no, because again, the the everybody in the future, it's already happening. What the social credit score is really going to reflect is your worthiness to continue living, to continue consuming. And if you do not pull your weight according to the progressive utopian standards, you're out. You're out. You're not going to get life-saving treatment. You're not going to get nutrition. You're out. That's where this is all going. And you're only going to be as valuable as the contribution you can make. And the, all, the what they're going to do for the people who are not contributing is what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, we're not going to be cruel and murder them. We're just going to put them in a vegetative state where they will feel joy 24-7 until they're dead. This sounds crazy to me. Did you <laughs> right. ever hear this uh, George Bernard Shaw? You know who he is? I've heard the name. George. He was a playwright, and he was a Fabian socialist uh, way back when, late 1800s, early 1900s. I found a clip on you. I knew it would be here. I don't have it prepped, but I think you'll be able to hear it. It sounds a lot like what you were just talking about. I object to all punishment whatsoever. I don't want to punish anybody. But there are an extraordinary number of people whom I want to kill. <laughs> not in any unkind or personal spirit. But it must be evident to all of you. You must all know half a dozen people at least who are no use in this world. Wow. Who are more trouble than they are worth. And uh, I think it would be a good thing to uh, make everybody come before a properly appointed board, just as he might come before the income tax commissioners, and say every five years or every seven years, just put him there and say, sir or madam, now will you be kind enough to justify your existence? If you can't justify your existence, if you're not pulling your weight in the social boat, if you're not producing as much as you consume, or perhaps a little more, then, uh, clearly, uh, we cannot use the big organization of our society uh, for the purpose of keeping you alive, because your life does not benefit us, and it can't be of very much use to you. I object to... <laughs> we did this not coordinate that. <laughs> I want to say that to our listeners. We did not coordinate <laughs> that. That is so scary. I'd never heard that before. You haven't? Your no. life does not benefit us, and if it doesn't benefit us, it can't be of much use to you either. Uh, it's like Logan's Run. Did you ever see the movie Logan's Run? No. Logan's Run, where it's a futuristic society where when you turn 30, you go to the, uh, to the ceremony and you're killed. The system kills you. You float up in the air and you explode. Literally, the system kills you. Because at 30, you're, I mean, you're old. There's no, no more use for you anymore. These people are sick. Yeah, he's one of the godfathers of uh, Fabian socialists. Oh. oh, we can't end with that. That's way too dark. Do you have anything else? <laughs> Nothing. That's it. That's okay, well, I have, I have one other clip <laughs> that, by comparison, is all roses and sunshine. <laughs> 
Uh, this is out of New York. This is just a horror story coming out of the Rowe Hotel. That's a hotel in New York, the Rowe Hotel, uh, that has been converted into an illegal alien shelter. I was a side administrator at the Rowe Hotel. So in the hotel, we have close to 5,000 migrants. Anything involving this hotel, I was helping run it. Everything ranging from doctor's visits to medication is paid for for the migrants. Anything you can possibly think of, it's being given to them. Car seats, cribs for newborns. Uh, There's, I want to say, at least two to three babies a week being born at this hotel. (laughs) They're being given everything. Wait until these people show up at the Jamaican Airbnb. (laughs) 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 One's in for a shock. The migrants being in those hotels have destroyed them. There's a lot of alcohol in these rooms. Housekeeping is there all week. And they'll clean it, and by the end of the night, it's it's there's kids getting drunk together. There's people hooking up with each other. There's multiple guns in these rooms as well. The alarming thing is that this hotel is meant to be a family hotel. You were actually showing me some text messages between a social worker about a drunk 10-year-old in this hotel. Can you talk to us about what happened there? Yeah, it was a drunk 10-year-old who was caught with a 14 and a 12-year-old, and all three of them were intoxicated. And when we looked them up in the system, the parents had checked out two days ago. So their parents just left them there? Yeah, the parents will leave the kids unattended in the hotel. We heard a security guard start yelling, uh, there's a gun on site, there's a gun on site. It was probably an upset person that we had kicked out of the hotel. I myself had been assaulted. I've seen other people get assaulted. I've had threats saying, you know, we'll be waiting for you guys outside. There's been times where staff has had to be, you know, escorted to their cars, to their to their trains. Because the migrants are threatening them. Yeah. And she keeps using the term migrants. This is Savannah Hernandez. Uh, this is a front lines uh, story. Pow- this is powered by TPUSA. And they are just, uh, I'm, you know, it's good that they're showing the story, that they're exposing this, but they're doing it in a way that just validates the entire narrative of the left calling these people migrants. They're illegal aliens. Migrants come in legally. They come through a port of entry. Illegal aliens cross the Rio Grande and climb up a steep bank and then are uh, picked up by coyotes and uh, sent into the country. So, Well, you don't get to decide how they identify. No, no, no. I won't identify their genders, even though they're all men. Uh, they are, they are uh, they're illegal aliens, and that is easily identifiable. Often at times there was migrants causing chaos with, with shoplifting, the one instant where I showed you that video, uh, aside from being caught shoplifting, they started getting physical. And a lot of the times it was, you know, go calm the migrant down, get him inside the hotel. And that blew me away. So they're shoplifting. They're, they're committing acts of violence outside. And what these people are told to do is to calm the migrant or illegal alien down and bring them back into the hotel. Why? So that they don't have the police called on them, so that they don't have a record of their violence. 
It's, it's, it's really going well. <laughs> I can't wait to go to New York and stay in a hotel. Isn't it awfully convenient that COVID happened? Well, they're in Chicago too, aren't they? They are. They, in Chicago they, they are. Uh, but I'm saying, you know, New York is a is a tourist destination. Just be careful what hotel you book. Uh, the I just find it very convenient. COVID happens. They shut down all the hotels. They put these properties on the verge of bankruptcy. And now we all we have all these illegal aliens we need to house. Why don't we put them in these bankrupted hotels? Very convenient. Where were you going to put like all a, of them before COVID? You sound like a lobbyist for the hotel owners. <laughs> no, hotel owners hate this. Nobody, no hotel owner wants to be an illegal alien destination, being known as an illegal alien destination. Look at what they're doing in there. They're destroying the hotel. Now, I guess if you're facing bankruptcy or that, you'll take that. But but this is definitely no no hotelier's first choice. That is for sure. I thought you were going to play something more uplifting. It, after com- the I other said one comparatively. I <laughs> oh. Comparatively, it was uplifting. <laughs> so well, yeah. I wonder how much. I'm let's go. Wait, wait. I want to go look online. I want to see. Let me go look at the Row Hotel and see if I can actually book a room there. Is that where they were? Oh, the Row New York City Hotel is closed until further notice. And it, I'm looking at their website. This was a complete boutique hotel. Totally boutique hotel. This was a so nice, how did this was a nice end, hotel. How, how did it end up getting turned into this? Then did they? Sign up for it? I'm sure that they were uh, driven into near bankruptcy by COVID, never recovered, and the government came in and took them over, did a contract with them. Let's look at the amenities on this hotel. Ooh, they have a fitness studio. And an internet lounge. And uh, oh, and a, and a, a really nice restaurant, which is now closed until further notice. Seven hundred Eighth Street. Only it's only uh, two hundred and seventy nine dollars. Oh, where are you finding that? To fly uh, from O'Hare on Spirit Airlines with a stop in Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> and then and that one stop, and then to LaGuardia in New York. It's a nine and a half hour travel time. Two hundred seventy nine dollars on Spirit. Did you see the brawl at O'Hare? Oh, yes, I did. It looked like yeah, it had a huge... racial component to it. Yeah, and the, I there was no point in bringing the clip because it's just a lot of people screaming, fighting. They're screaming and fighting. I couldn't even tell if they were actually travelers because they're by the, you know, by the by the luggage by belt, baggage claim, and, yeah. But it's all empty. Like there's no baggage anywhere, so it's just people fighting. 
It seems like every other day there's a, f- a video of a fight breaking out on an airplane. Now there's brawls at the Because oh, it's luggage. an awful experience. Well, you could fly on Spirit Airlines for two seventy nine <laughs> round trip O'Hare. This is why you don't pack to a bag. LaGuardia via Fort Lauderdale. So we'll at least get a fly- layover in Fort Lauderdale? What's the carbon <laughs> footprint of that of that route? <laughs> right. And it's only two hundred and seventy nine dollars for a lovely weekend in New York City. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stay here at my house. I am going to else. I'm going to New York and I'm going to book a room at the Marriott directly across the street from the Roe Hotel. I'm I think not that's going to go move. with you. Yeah, we're going to get uh we're going to get uh double beds. You're coming with me, man. No. Connecting chance. rooms. I used to love New York. I, I used too. to love going there. I loved when we took trips out there for filming. It was always great. The restaurants are open Young all the time. Young people still love it. Good Young food. people are still flocking there. I can't believe it, but they are. That was always my, one of my favorite trips for a shoot. Now I'm never going back. No, well, because you can't carry. Yeah. Seriously, why would you go someplace that violent where you can't carry? That's why I don't go to Chicago. You can carry in Chicago. No, you can. You can't carry in Chicago? Oh, they that's only right. Let, Illinois doesn't they reciprocate only, to Illinois, Wisconsin. That's right. Yeah, Illinois only allows their own residents to carry firearms. Or Hawaii. If you have a... I guess the, their license law is the same as Hawaii. Which, so I don't understand why Wisconsin doesn't treat them the same way. But They should. They should. Whatever. It should be reciprocal. I'm happy to not go down there for any reason. Well, this episode has ended on a really uplifting note. <laughs> for those of you who are still listening, thank you for listening through all of this darkness. Uh, we come to you every Tuesday and Friday without fail. Uh, Jeff T, wasn't it? Jeff Jeff from Elkhorn got the secret word in the last episode. Oh, is that right? Which was ibuprofen. ibuprofen. That's right. What do you have for this week? What is this? The secret word for today's episode is reparation ooh I like that reparation what are we going to call this one should we call it degrowth degrowth might work Hmm. brain chip did you hear that loop it was a very uh, rough loop there I, I, I manually even, restarted our end of show music. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even notice. All right. Truth at truthbait.com. That's how you can always reach us. Follow us at truthbait on Twitter. Share the show. Send in stories. Let us know what you think. We still need some feedback. We still want feedback about the show. I hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. You have anything good planned, Jeremy? 
piano recital this evening for my kids. You got a barbecue for Memorial and, Day? Uh, we're going to barbecue. We're going to do some work in the bee yard, put up some chicken fencing, have some ribs. Very busy. Take a swim. Yeah. Should be nice. Well, I hope everybody out there has a fantastic long weekend and a solemn Memorial Day. And tune in on Tuesday for another episode of the Truth Bait Podcast. And until then, back into the sea of clickbait with us all. 